You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Well, hey there, folks. It's time to dive into another value-packed episode of Well Connected. As always, my partner Ricky sitting over here, and I'm Fletch. We're thrilled to have you listeners here with us today. On this episode, we get to sit and talk with one heck of a networker, Chris Owen with Jay Galt. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. Hey, Fletch. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's good to see both of you guys again. I'm really excited to be here on the Well Connected. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Thanks. We are so excited to have you here. You know, I both Fletch and I have had a a chance to meet you a couple times lately. And I remember having coffee with you a few weeks ago and talking about networking. And it just was, man, I got to get you on the show. You have so much to offer. We shouldn't be talking about this in secret. We should be bringing this out to our audience because you, besides what you do in business that we will obviously talk about a little bit, but your networking efforts really impressed me. So I'm excited to get into it. Thank you. Yeah, man, you are everywhere. I tell you what, like every time I feel like I look around, you are out there, which is awesome and exactly what our listeners need to hear about and how you do it. Like, yeah, I try, but I'll tell you what, you are out there everywhere and everybody seems to know you. So we, we can't wait to hear about that and, and learn about that, man, from you. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Guys. So we kick it off, Chris, with a couple of icebreaker quick little questions that are fun for the audience. And the question I always ask everybody that I'm curious about and like to hear is, what is the most recent app that you've downloaded on your phone? Mm. Most recent one I can think of was a wallpaper for fall because I'm a fall fanatic and I realized that all my old fall wallpapers were totally out of sorts and weren't working. So I downloaded one with this beautiful waterfall background and some uh, falling leaves as I'm a, I'm a sucker, sucker for the autumn. It's my favorite season. So I got to have it on my phone since I pretty much live there, you know, half the day anyway. Oh, I love it. I love fall and autumn. Does it move? Is, or is it, it just a still? It does. Image? It's got the little leaves that come falling oh. down the screen. So, yeah. I'm oh, sure it uses God. up way more resources on my phone uh, than it's supposed to, but I don't care. It just makes me happy. I'd That's pay awesome. the dollar a month for that extra gig or whatever <laughs> on the cloud for that, for sure. <laughs> well worth it, no doubt. Oh, that's great. That is awesome, man. What's it called? Uh, I think it's just called Autumn, uh, fall, uh, autumn Wallpaper, Fall Wallpaper. I, I literally just went into the App Store, searched the ones that were top rated, thumbed through a couple of them, and five minutes later, had one on my phone. So I love Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Well, and I'm on the other side of things here because um, I have this dream of, uh, you know, going back in time and becoming an Olympic athlete. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but at, uh, at this moment, I would love to hear if you could go back in time and do it all over and you had to be an Olympic, Olympic athlete, right? What would be your sport? That's actually really easy for me. It'd be wrestling. I grew up as a wrestler. I was a nationally ranked wrestler throughout high school. I, you know, had a chance to wrestle in college, but my uh, my body was telling me it was probably time to to shut down the competitive side of things. So I only did a little bit of adult amateur wrestling, uh, but I trained with guys that trained in the Olympic competition. So I mean, I know what it's like to be not quite there, but like seeing what that step would take. And uh, I didn't choose to pursue it at the time, and maybe I'll have some regrets about that. But I'm pretty happy with it. And wrestling's an easy choice for me because there is no other sport out there that really it's just simply you, the guy across from you, your skill, your technique, your endurance, your training, your fitness, and his. And that's it. There's no excuses. There's no nothing else. You prepare as hard as you can. You go out there, you work as hard as you can. You learn a lot when you win and you learn a heck of a lot more when you lose. And you can only look in the mirror as far as where those results go and how the next one's going to go. And I, I think that's been a great teacher, not just in life, but in business as well. Well, now I know a lot more about you, my man, because wrestlers, it's the hardest sport there is. I, I'm fully convinced it's the hardest sport that there is. And so that makes total sense why you're so good at what you do and why you can grind through whatever pushes in front of you. That's awesome. Were you, were you a wrestler too? You seem like you, I feel like I, I think you might've been a wrestler in your younger days. I wrestled uh, and I've got eight years of jujitsu under me. So there it is. Awesome. Uh, there I'm, it I'm is. a grappler. Yep. That martial arts <laughs> discipline is something, man. I, I, uh, I, I really appreciate the people that are cross-discipline that have wrestled and have some martial arts. I did just a Scotia Taekwondo. My uncle uh, was a black belt and instructor, so I got a lot. My dad was 
I don't remember what belt, but uh, my dad was also in Taekwondo. So I, I got a little bit of that along the way, but uh, wrestling was my passion. Love it. Oh, you guys. Great. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. So, I mean, now that we got the icebreakers out of the, uh, I mean, could you tell us a little bit about you? Like, tell about your, your story, where you come from. I, um, you sent us a little bit of information, right, earlier, but tell us, tell our listeners what's kind of going on. We'd love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a Pacific Northwester. In fact, I'm really an Oregonian born and raised. I've lived up and down the Willamette Valley. Um, I absolutely love our little slice of heaven that we've got out here. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm also an avid traveler, so I love getting around and seeing places, but you know, I grew up in a small town. I, I really grew up with an appreciation for the vibe that that small town had. But I also was a small town kid when I went to college. I kind of had my mind kind of go, oh, my gosh, there's this bigger, brighter, cooler world out there that I've been missing in my my little slice of the Willamette Valley. You know, I went to college with the idea of being a teacher. And uh, that was really my passion. Uh, I was a, a history buff and I still enjoy history to this day. I actually went to college. Uh, you know, I, I say I cheated ahead. I had some AP history credits that I took over from high school. So I'm like, all right, I'm already five steps ahead of getting through this history major in college. And I went down there and I, I had a chance to really expand what I was looking at. I still finished, uh, you know, my, my four years at Oregon State with the idea of being a teacher. But I also looked at how much student loan debt I racked up and I kind of went, yeah, you know, I got accepted at the master's of education program. I think I really need to go work a little bit and pay some of this down. So I, you know, I'm a tech geek as well. And at that time, the tech mecca here in the Portland metro area was Fry's Electronics in Wilsonville. And I already spent way too much money there. So I figured they should give me some back. So I went to work for them. And I, my goal was to work there for a year. And that was what I thought I was going to do. And I worked at Fry's, you know, for about a year. And a year later, I was thinking about whether I should go back and get my master's or not. And I took a look at my paycheck and I took a look at what the average of a 10-year tenured teacher was going to make in Oregon. And I decided I couldn't do it. <laughs> I really wanted to teach and it was a really big passion for me, but I was already making more money than a 10-year tenured teacher was going to make. And I just couldn't justify that decision to go back and rack up tens of thousands of dollars more student loan debt to make less money for the next 10 years. Um, I just couldn't do it. The cool thing was, is that I got to find another path and that, you know, I came for a great appreciation of customer service and a great appreciation of sales. And I always thought sales had a bad name, even when I started in it for myself. But when I started to find out that it was really all about problem solving, which is something I had loved from the you know days of being a, a young kid all the way on up, I, my tech geek era started with finding SimCity and SimCity was all about solving problems. Uh, and figuring out how to do things just right in order to get, you know, the prettiest, most perfect city that you could imagine and things being functional and working. So I love that idea of problem solving. And then as I developed into my career, I got the ability to teach as an educator, as a manager, as a leader, uh, and eventually taking that out as a consultant in the world. So kind of give you a, my story in a nutshell and, uh, you know, to this moving forward where I am today, my wife and I are, are multi-small business owners. I've worked with and for small companies throughout the region and well, in fact, throughout the country over the past two decades at this point, and uh, really passionate about helping them. To me, that's the, the greatest good that we can do in the world. Small businesses are the heart and soul of our communities. Growing up in a little small town, I definitely feel that to this day, I still drive through. I grew up in Newburgh, Oregon, so I still drive down 99W and you know, look up and down and it's changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years, but there's still a lot of those same small shops. And some of them are the shops that I saw, you know, going in when I was a kid, some of them have remodeled, but it's still the same, you know, place. And whether it's still the same owner, or they passed it on to their family. It's still that feel and that vibe that's just uniquely small town. And those small businesses are the heart and soul of that town. And they're the backbone of that town's economy as well. Awesome. That's awesome. great. Well, that's a great story, man. Yeah. Thank I, you. I love hearing where people come from and I mean, it makes a lot more sense with your wrestling background coming from Newburgh. That's uh, <laughs> we, we are known to be good wrestlers out there in Newburgh. It's like it's in the water or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome, man. Tell us a little bit about Jay Galt. What do you what do you do? How'd you get how'd you get started there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jake Hall actually came on a by chance conversation. So I know we're talking a lot about networking today. And uh, this is exactly where this opportunity presented itself. I actually made a connection on LinkedIn with a gentleman whose name is Cole Wyatt. He's the uh, CEO and founder of Jake Hall Finance Suite. And uh, we just got to talking a little bit like you and I are today, guys, uh, talking a little bit about my background, about my passion. And I shared with him my passion for small businesses. And you know, I said, hey, I've absolutely loved helping small businesses over the years. My wife and I at the time had two companies, and that was our entire focus was helping small businesses to grow, prosper, and thrive. 
And I shared some of that with Cole and he said, Hey, you know what? We're from a similar ilk. That's kind of why I connected with you. I saw some of that on your, your LinkedIn profile. And that's what stood out to me and why you and I are having this conversation. I'm all about helping small businesses too. He's been doing it a few years more than I have. Uh, <laughs> he's got a little bit more chops and a little bit more success in doing it. So I was really excited to learn from him. And I shared with him one of the challenges that I just didn't know how to solve. I love the fact that you guys named this Well-Connected. I think that's great in networking. And it's something that I've always prided myself on as a business leader, as a consultant, uh, just as an individual out there helping businesses, is I always felt like I needed to be really well-connected and have an answer for any challenge that was thrown at me. That didn't mean that I had to solve the problem, but I always loved being able to say, I know a guy, I know a gal, I know a company that can solve that challenge that you presented to me. But there was one challenge that I just never knew how to solve. And that had to do with cash flow. Constantly, I'd run into businesses that I would, even as a consultant, I'd bring this amazing opportunity to them and say, hey, here's a plan for how we're going to grow your business and grow your revenue stream. You know, here's where I see it going. You know, just we'll use an example generically, say a 20% growth on top line revenue over the next six to eight months. And they'd be, oh, this is credible. This is great. And I, you know, next page. Here's what it's going to take to get there. Here's the tools you're going to need to invest in. Here's the training you're going to need to invest in. Here's the cost of the servicing in order to invest in that. And then I'd hear the, ah, but that's great, but, and that, but always came down to one thing. We just don't have the capital or the cash flow to be able to sustain that in order to get that growth. And I've heard countless, countless stories of this over the years. And I shared that with Cole. He said, Chris, you know what? I've heard that too. He's like the difference between me and you sitting here on this call right now is that I figured out a solution to it. And that's exactly what Jake Finance Suite is all about. So Jake Finance Suite, yeah, really does help to solve that cash flow crunch. There you go. There you go. Okay. So essentially you're going around, are you cold prospecting? Are you meeting, you know, in networking groups like, you know, me and Ricky do? What's kind of your your secret sauce, man? What are you what are you going to do in, on a daily basis? Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I'll be the first, you know, despite my background in sales, I don't think I'm alone in saying I hate cold calling. <laughs> I really honestly do. It, it To me, it's one of the lowest success rates, highest agitations. I know that when my phone rings and somebody's on there and they're calling me and it's a cold call, I'm a little annoyed most of the time. I mean, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm going, oh man, I maybe you've got the next greatest thing and I'm going to listen for another second longer, but it just doesn't ever really strike me well. So I'm not a big cold calling fan necessarily. I think there's definitely a place for some cold email outreaches. I think we're all a little bit more accepting of getting some, you know, less than targeted messaging in there. Although I think it's very important to be personalized and targeted. Most of what I do really does revolve around networking, just like you, uh, you mentioned Fletch, you know, meeting, you know, people like you and Ricky at networking events. So I know you guys are both, you know, members of BNI and I think BNI is an incredible organization. I'm, you know, had the fortunate opportunity now to get around and visit a lot of the chapters here locally. And, you know, there's some incredible people in there that you get the chance to meet. And, uh, you know, that's one great avenue. Uh, beyond that, there are networking events all over the Portland metro area. There's, you know, networking events online that you can connect into. The conversation I was having just before we connected here today was actually with somebody that I met on an Alignable Smart Connect. And if you haven't checked those out, that's a great way to spend an hour of time and get to meet six to seven different business owners. Is everyone perfect? Gosh, no. <laughs> I've walked on there and I've walked away with six conversations and gone, well, that was an hour that I could have spent doing just about anything else. But sometimes you meet some really incredible people. You know, that's a big chunk of what I do. The other part of it is, is over the years, I have spent a lot of time developing my network. So I reach out to the folks I know and, you know, ask them, hey, who should I get to know? Or, hey, where should I go with you? And that's where I'm picking up on some of these events. You know, I'm always happy to share whatever might make sense as far as, you know, different ones that are out there. I know there's the Portland Small Business Network uh, here in Portland. Lily does a great job of curating that. The uh, Portland uh, Business Alliance on Alignable, uh, my friend Eric runs that, you know, both amazing groups. Uh, Christy Starr runs uh, Beverages and Business Cards. It's another great little local networking meetup. And I, you know, I feel bad because I know I'm leaving dozens of different people off there that are great sources of networking meetups that I'd love to give a shout out to today. I mean, that's pretty impressive being going and finding all of those groups. Let it help me out. Help me understand when you you're going to these groups and I'm guessing you usually, you typically don't know anybody or, you know, it sounds like sure. you're, I mean, you know, the organiz, organizers, you may know a few people, but when you're going in, what are you looking for? Who are you looking to meet? Are there specific people you're looking to meet or a certain industry type of person? How, what are you, how are you getting it started? 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. Well, first and foremost, whenever possible, um, you know, you, I love the joke, take a wingman with you. Um, I actually really think that's true in business. If we can take somebody else in there, you know, they don't have to be in business with you. They don't even have to be doing anything similar to you, but it'll basically double your reach because it's not about just who I get to talk to. It's about who we get to talk to and we have our ears open to support one another. I'll do that anyway, even if nobody else is there for me, because my goal is always to be a value added resource and be able to connect people who might you know, be me an absolutely value add situation. You know, sometimes I go as far as somebody will mention a problem their friend had and I go, Hey, my friend who also isn't here has a problem. You know, can you give me their email and I'll make a connection for you. Uh, but as far as how I go about it, uh, you know, essentially what you're talking about is, is networking with a purpose. And I think that's really important. You have to be intentional when you go in there. So I'm really looking for two different things. When I go into any kind of a networking environment, I'm looking for professionals who are working with the same type of people that I am. And for me, that's businesses that are looking for opportunities to grow or businesses that have expressed a concern about their cash flow. For me, you know, I'm always keen to have conversations with people that are in insurance and finance. Those two areas are people that are typically deeply involved with the business's finance and understanding their structure. Uh, the other part of it would maybe be consultants that are looking at ways to see their business grow. So you know, I'm not necessarily out there trying to find somebody and go, you need to be my client. Uh, I think that's the wrong way to network. Don't get me wrong. If somebody is, expresses all the right situations and says, I really need this, absolutely. I'd love to educate you, find out if it's a, a good fit. But to me, networking is really about finding the people who go, hey, you know, I know somebody who said exactly what you're talking about, who, who that story you shared about the opportunity to grow and they said no. Yeah, I know somebody who did exactly that. They were frustrated and they were telling me that story just yesterday about how they had to pass on what they think is a great opportunity because their cash flow wasn't set up or they didn't have the available capital to make it happen. So, you know, I go out there and I want to meet those people that might be able to make that introduction for me because I think the best lead is always going to come from a warm introduction. For sure. To kind of run back on that, so you you go to you mentioned a lot of different groups, which is awesome. Um, I mean, too many for me to even remember right in that I'll have to rewind this and, and re-listen. Um, <laughs> That's fair. But ultimately, when you walk into those situations, right, are you, you know, because we've heard it different ways and different ways work for different people, right? That's are fair. you going in there looking for, you know, 30 business cards? Are you going to looking for that one golden goose? Are you looking somewhere in between? What are you, what's kind of your thought process when you walk in there, you see a room full of 25 people, where are you trying? Are you trying to shake everybody's hand? I mean, what, what's going on? What's your magic, man? No, definitely not trying to shake everybody's hand. So I, I think if you're, you're being disingenuous, if you're doing that in most situations, uh, if you've got a room with 20 or 30 people and you're only in there for an hour and a half, there's, if you walk out of there with a business card from everybody, unless there was like a preset stack at the door or something, then you did something wrong. Uh, and that, that's my honest and earnest opinion. And I, I don't want to be a card flipper. You know, I think card flippers have a place. I think you find them on the Las Vegas Strip when they're sitting there flapping those cards at you. But I don't think they belong anywhere in the business world. You know, that may be a slightly controversial take for some people who who think it's a different way around. But that's my personal opinion on things. I really believe in adding value. Every single person that I talk to there, I hope I can impart some little nugget of value on them. One golden goose is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, ideally, for me, if I'm walking into a networking situation and most of those events last for about 90 minutes, give or take. My hope is that I walk out of there having had two to three great conversations that just went really well, two to three additional conversations where I added value. And that probably means that I'm walking out of there with somewhere between three and four people that I need to follow up with and sit down and schedule a one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's you know having a cup of coffee like Ricky and I did the other day, or whether it's hopping on a Zoom call like this. Because if I did that, that means three to four people said, hey, you know what, that conversation with Chris that maybe lasted, you know, five to 10 minutes is worth investing another 30 minutes to an hour to sit down and find out a little bit more about him, about what he does. And also because they see the opportunity to share what they're doing, because they know that I'm somebody that's going to listen. And if there's an opportunity to refer somebody that I feel is trustworthy and valuable, that I'm certainly going to do that. Impressed, man. Impressed. It's not quantity. It's, it's quality. 100%. So... I really like what you're saying about not being a card flipper and really trying to really touch a, a couple of people well, right? I hope that came out right. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with it. <laughs> I mean, really make a good impact on a couple of people as opposed to the volume of shaking everybody's hands, right? And I, I know when you came to our networking meeting and I had the 
honor or the pleasure of sitting with you in one of our the small groups. That's how we met. And I was really impressed just on what you do. And it immediately tied into kind of similar work that I do with commercial insurance, you know, um, and that's how we got to go have coffee, excuse me, and build the relationship a little bit and, and get to know you more. What are some ways that you're working to kind of quickly make that impact besides just what you do at Jay Galt helping with cash flow? Because one of the themes that Fletch and I hear a lot is relationships, connections matter. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. That's a great theme, first and foremost. Relationships do matter. So part and parcel, you're saying in terms of being, I think the word I'll use, be memorable. If nothing else, you want to be memorable and hopefully in a positive way. So there's a couple of ways that you can do that. First and foremost, I do think it actually does come down to a little bit of what you do. And, and I think I've got the cheat code because we've got something pretty cool when I can walk into a room and say, hey, you know what? We help businesses build corporate credit. So that way they've got all the cash flow that they need to be able to take advantage of opportunities or ride out any economic uncertainties all without ever having to personally guarantee a dime. You remember that. And I know that's you know what caught your ear when we sat down in that little networking room. But the next step is just as important too, because you can have a great one. You call it an elevator pitch, a punchline, whatever you want to call it. That is incredibly important. Make sure you you have one that you feel comfortable with and make sure you have a dozen that you feel comfortable with, frankly. Because uh, if you say the same one over and over again, it gets dry even to you. So have a few different ones that you feel really comfortable with. But the second most important thing that you do there is you start to establish that relationship. I'm genuinely and equally just as interested in what the other person is doing than comparatively to just talking about me. And I think that's really important. Uh, I'll give an example and I won't use the name, but I talked to an incredible young lady this morning uh, who's got a, a business that works on helping companies become B Corp certified. Um, and now I'll be frank, she didn't seem all that interested or to quite understand what I did. And in our connection call, I didn't get a chance to really give her a lot of great details on it. And she may not actually be a great referral partner for me at all, but I really was intrigued by what she did. It, it, you know, it's something that I simply didn't know a lot about and it, it, was a great thing for me to learn. Ricky, when you and I sat down to coffee, I really love what you were talking about. And part of that is because I have a little bit of background and understanding that from a manager leading teams that needed to then report to the HR department to make sure they had the appropriate insurance. Um, so you were talking a language that I understood. And it was cool because I think it allowed you to get a little deeper in that conversation than you probably would with other people. But that's how you build a relationship. You, you engage and you are interested in what they're talking about too. And then if you find the ability to go, well, hey, you know, that makes sense to me. Here's, you know, here's a part and parcel and you share little tidbits. It's important to share little and not a lot. Uh, otherwise, again, that conversation comes back to being all about you. But I really, truly believe if you can share a little bit of say, hey, this is why we're on the same wavelength right here. And this is what makes sense. It really builds that genuine connection, makes you memorable and gives you that reason to go back out and have that deeper conversation. Do you find a more value or does it matter? Do you find in person is better or Zoom or do you think that it matters? I'm curious. You know, that's a tough one. Uh, more and more, I'm so comfortable sitting in front of a camera on Zoom. And the neat thing is, is that you can stack these back to back to back. And yeah, we probably need a little bit more of a breather. And sometimes that car drive between places is a breather. Then again, in Portland traffic, sometimes it's an absolute nightmare and a headache. So maybe it's not as much stress relief as it was, but um, I think they're both equally valuable. I always bend to the preference of the person I'm meeting with. I, I try to give options and say, hey, I'm happy to meet you on Zoom. Or if you'd like to meet in person, let's try and find some time. You know, the truth is meeting in person usually is harder to accommodate, which means that it's later uh, and longer out to make it happen than it is over Zoom, just because, you know, those windows are much easier to squeeze somebody in for 30 minutes or an hour uh, online versus, you know, driving 10 to 15 minutes one way, sending an hour and driving 10 to 15 minutes back. Uh, you know, again, if you're lucky with Portland traffic, but I really like them both. The there's something really unique and cool about sitting down, shaking somebody's hand, having a cup of coffee, uh, you know, that you just can't replicate. But at the same time, in terms of having that quick turnaround on that initial meeting, there's something really important about being able to do that, you know, inside of a week when you met somebody. So you don't just forget why you wanted to meet with them. And I'm, you know, I try to remember everybody as, as best I can. I'll also be the first to say that I have a little bit of like face amnesia. So if I see a face again, I'm like, ah, oh, I know you, but I don't know why. And then I have to process it, you know, but if it's within a week, I should have you pretty good. Uh, <laughs> my wife often jokes that if she changed her hair color and walked into a crowd, I'd lose her. And I don't know how much of a joke that is. So, uh, <laughs> so I, but I'm, I'm a big believer that, um, you know, there's value in both. You know, you said something 
a little bit ago, so I kind of want to round back to it about, and it's kind of sales 101. We probably all, anybody in sales has probably heard about making sure you have an elevator pitch, right? Absolutely. You also mentioned, right, not being too salesy, just to, so I guess my real question is, is since you do both, you do, you live in that digital world and you live in that in-person world, you know, does your elevator pitch differ, right? Do you have any separate, like, is that, is that different whether you're on camera or whether you're in person or do you notice that? Or do you think, I mean, if you know what I mean? Uh, that's a really fair question. Um, the elevator pitch for me, one, I vary a lot. Uh, just um, maybe it's the ADHD in me that I get a little bit bored with something if I'm repeating the same thing over and over again, uh, or it's just the desire to tweak it from years and years and in, in working with people and and coaching up sales and rev ops teams. But uh, yeah, in, in person, typically it depends, right? If, if you're given like a little window at one of those networking events where they gave you 30 seconds to pitch who you are, that's no different than when you're on Zoom and you have 30 seconds, you know, in a BNI meeting to, you know, say who you are as a guest and you're visiting. That's pretty much going to be the exact same thing for me. When you're in person meeting in a group environment where you've got, you know, a little bit more time to stretch it out, I might extend my elevator pitch a little bit, or I might even ride it out a little bit more. But I still like having a punchline. Uh, you mentioned sales 101. You know, that's that goes back to be memorable, right? That punchline, that's something that people go, well, huh, what? Because I know when I heard for the first time that you could build credit on your business's EIN, I'm like, you can do what? You mean I can, me, me personally, business owner, me, little old me with my tiny little business can build credit just like the big guys can? No. And it, that was memorable to me. That stuck. Uh, so I want to have those moments where somebody goes, wait, hold on a minute. You're talking to me and I can do that just like, you know, just like those big businesses can. I can build a credit line that's going to sustain my business through challenges or give me the opportunity to grow. I want that resonating in somebody's ears. So that's the sales 101 part. How I get there does vary a little bit. In person, I'm again, I may get a little more long-winded and stretch it out on a Zoom where I've got to hit quick and I'm just going to try and get to that punchline and say something memorable. Well, I mean, you definitely are passionate. And I think that's that shines through, I think, which is huge, right? Thank Anybody, you. I think that's that's so important. You've got to love your product. You've got to know it inside and out. I mean, it certainly comes through for you, man. And I uh, appreciate you hitting on that little elevator pitch thing. I know it's simple, but sometimes those simple things work, right? And, They're and the most important things. The simple yeah. things are the most important things. And thank you for the compliment on the passion too. It's passion comes from a real place for me. Uh, and I think this is maybe a great lesson in networking and business. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, reevaluate it, figure out why you're not passionate. My passion comes because this is my story. My story is a small business owner multi-small business owner. My story is a multi-small business owner who bought a house the same year as they launched a business, who then went out and got a Home Depot credit line because they needed new floors and new paint on the walls in their house. My personal credit was not so great, meaning that I was trying to finance a business on you know scraps, essentially, and not having access to the resources that I could have had access to if I would have known about the services that Jake Gold offers. I'm passionate because I know that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of business owners just within a couple hundred miles of me, let alone throughout the country that are going through exactly that or something really similar. And they're struggling when they otherwise wouldn't have to be. So my passion is really, it's my story, but it's their story. Uh, so, you know, it's important to me that I get out there and educate people because I know how tough that was for me. I know what it was like for me and my wife. I know how much that caused us to struggle and if there was a better way and I would have known about it then, I would have jumped over any hoop, any barrel to make that happen. And I'd be on the path that I'm on today, which is to build robust business credit profile for my business so that I don't have to worry about that again in the future. So clearly networking is also a passion of yours. 100%. You know, I, I like talking about keeping it simple. Everybody wants to overcomplicate everything all the time or, you know, those tried and true methods, right? Like, this isn't a BNI podcast. There's many ways to network. We explore them all here. You know, we met at a BNI meeting, and that's that's why that comes up a lot. And Fletch and I are obviously in the same chapter. It comes up a bunch, and that's okay. The thing, and it's and it's funny because the thing that kept me away from BNI for so long was well, the requirements that come along with being there with attendance and all this, right? But I find that this that stuff is really what makes that work. And it's simple. It's the simp it's not overcomplicating it. It's not all these different tactics and methods. It's just showing up and being and representing yourself and your business well to meet others well. 
right? I mean, so, you know, how I, and that, that comes out in your business and your networking efforts, clearly. How do you, how, what kind of advice do you have to give to the audience for people who sometimes go and are maybe feel like they're a little introverted or don't have as much excitement or energy as you bring to those rooms? Well, one, I'd say I'm an introvert. Uh, first, <laughs> so, you know, we I, hear that more often than you might think. I can believe it. It's uh, it's awkward walking into a room of people you don't know. I mean, I I still feel like sometimes I get those butterflies in my stomach or my stomach's churning. I'm like, ooh, was it a bad breakfast? No, I'm just nervous. I mean, uh, but it's to me, it's a good thing because yeah, I'm nervous because I want to do well because I want to make an impact. So I'll go back to the word that you use, Fletch, passion. I'm passionate about people. So that's why when you say, you know, I'm passionate about networking, I'm actually passionate about people. Uh, networking is the way that you get to meet people and you get to help people. To me, it's the most effective way to do that. So, you know, it's uh, it's tough when you are introverted to feel like you should walk into a room. I know uh, a team member of mine who is, you know, pretty introverted in terms of getting outside of the folks that they know and for them walking into a room is challenging, but you know, when they do, they light up. And I think that's the thing is it's an opportunity to step outside of yourself because now you're there with a purpose, right? And you've got a reason to meet people. And if you are passionate about what you're doing, then you really have to feel like you have a service to do to meet people in that room because they could be where I was a few years back and you don't know it unless you talk to them. So you have a duty to do that. Um, as far as the hows and the whys, I actually love what you said about the the BNI because I think that is the biggest hurdle that people see to the BNI or, or any other networking group that has requirements like that is, oh man, well, I have to be there all the time. You know, I have to be there every week and then I have to go and meet people outside of the networking meeting. And then I have to listen to what they have to offer and, you know, refer them business. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, well, actually that's all the magic in it, right? You know, if you're not there every single week, I mean, how are you going to get to build these relationships? How are you going to be consistent? How are your fellow members of the chapter going to remember you and, you know, when they're out there having conversations? And then if you're not having these one-on-ones, how are you going to get deeper? Because, you know, no matter how much you connect with somebody when you're sitting there in a chapter meeting, that's only five to 10 minutes if you're really lucky that you get to talk to them. That's not a very deep conversation. You don't really know much more about them than their elevator pitch and a little bit of their story. Well, let's hear their whole story. Let's hear the why. Half the time when I sit down with people, I want to hear do exactly what you did today. Ask me, hey, you know, tell me about you, not your business. Tell me about you. I want to know about you because that's important to me because you're an individual, you're a person, you have a story and that story tells you know, everything. And then I'm sure there's a reason that story ties into your business, or at least I'd, I'd imagine there is. So let's, you know, then you, then you can transition to that. You want to learn about people. So those one-on-ones are important. And then when you send referrals, well, that's being a person of value to me. We're all out here fighting the same fight together, in my opinion, or at least the people I choose to network and associate with on a regular basis are. And that fight to me is helping other business owners and business leaders in our community and in the country to grow, prosper, and thrive. Those are words you'll hear me use a lot if you hang around and you also hear me say add value a lot. I'm a huge, huge proponent of that. It was a term I picked up from John Maxwell about 15 years ago, blew me away with his presentation. And I walked away with a page of notes and just scribbled in big, bold letters on there, add value. And that became a life's mission for me as a leader because I was learning about leadership then, even though I'd been a, a manager for the better part of a decade at that point. But I really didn't know how to be a good leader until I started to study that. And that add value has moved forward to everything that I do, whether that's my business or networking. Well, and that's why we ask, we make sure to have a lot of room to tell your story, who you are, and kind of ask some silly questions in the beginning, because that's how people connect with you and know that you're the same. I mean, look, you and Fletch can talk about now, next time you see each other, you can talk about wrestling. Oh, Who knew? I'm sure sure we will. <laughs> Wrestlers love to talk about wrestling. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I just, I think that's so awesome. And wanting to help people, there's that teacher in you. Thank you. Right? So what is it that kind of separates you and in your industry that makes you unique? You know, that people, when they think, I mean, I know you have a product that's a business credit that I don't know anybody else that does that. So there's that. But I mean, just in general, you know, it's like, oh, Chris, how, why would people come to you? What, what, how do you stand out? Yeah, definitely. Well, you're, you're 100% right. Nobody else does what Jake Alt Finance Suite does. So I am lucky in that regard. At the moment, we're the only ones out there doing it. And we're committed to being the best, even though we know competition is going to come to the market because we're passionate about small businesses. And that's part of what's really important for me. 
Uh, I'm here locally, deeply connected in the, in the Portland metro area and the Willamette Valley and Pacific Northwest as a whole. I've done a lot of business here, but I've also done business across this country. Why people would choose to work with me is really simple. I, I care. I really take the time to care. I mean, I can I can tell you about people I worked with, people I haven't worked with, people that I sat down across the table and we hammered out details and it just didn't work out. And I know their stories. Certainly, I don't remember everything from everyone. And there's some people that, you know, we got lost to the, the wickets of time. I haven't been able to stay connected with them, but I really do value people. And um, I'm deeply passionate about seeing them succeed at I mean, one of the greatest things in the world is to hear about somebody's successes. And you know what? Selfishly, I love it when I can say I had just this little part in their success and can point to that and go, yeah, I gave them a little boost along the way. It makes me feel good inside. Um, you know, and I, I honestly, I hope other people do the same thing because I, while I say it's selfish, I think it's one of the most selfless things we can do when we can give a little of ourselves to help other people succeed and then be super stoked at the success that they've created along the way. That's exactly why. I would hope people would choose to work with me is, is exactly that to know that I'm going to give you everything I've got. I'm going to educate you without, you know, I don't care if you become a member or not. I certainly hope you do because I truly believe, you know, if that's my recommendation to you after we talk, I truly will believe that that's going to be in your best interest, not mine, because that's where I'm focused at, but I'm going to educate you without a care in the world about whether you become one or not, because I want to just passionately educate you because I think once you understand what I understand now, it's going to blow your mind. And that's exactly what I want to do. I, I want to have that same experience for anybody I talked to that I had when I sat down with Cole and I went, are you kidding me? I've been missing this. Oh my gosh, this is like the missing ingredient to the success that I've just been like kissing <laughs> in several different instances. Ah, I want people to have that just mind blowing experience where it just goes, oh, you're kidding me. I can do that. That's new. That's incredible. And then if that is the right journey and destination for them, know that I'm going to be in their corner rooting them on. And, you know, it's more than just me too. So, you know, you can trust the, the team behind me to do a great job, but I'm always there keeping an eye on it and always there as a resource as they come back and say, Hey, who do you know that does this? Because I want to be well-connected. And that's just so powerful because I'll tell you what, that's one of the reasons why Ricky and I have got along so well, period, is I can say that about my partner over here. Um, <laughs> um, that he cares. I mean, literally within the first 30 days of meeting him, I found out like how deeply he cares. He's willing to go to knock on, on the door of his client at 1030 to help out because something crazy happened. Right. That's why we keep company with people like yourself, man, is because people who care, you can feel it. You can, you can tell, you know, people talk about those types of folks. People want to refer those types of folks, man. That's, uh, that's powerful stuff. What you were just saying right there. So I really do appreciate you sharing that because I think it's so important. It's just so important for people to actually care about other people before over and above themselves. Right. Like it's so much. So at least for me, it's over and over and above, like I will go and help somebody there who needs something that I can't necessarily make a buck on, but if there's something I can do to help them out, and, you know, it's within reason, right? Like, I'm not going to help someone move to Maryland or something like that. But um, <laughs> I hear you. within it's reason, <laughs> I will help you out. But I think that that kind of goes back to kind of the theme that I think has been coming up here is, is the passion for what you're doing. And it's not just a passion about business credit. It's a passion about meeting and helping people, right? I mean, because I tend to lean towards in-person kind of coffees and meeting with people as opposed to Zoom. I, I get what you're saying and people's schedules are different. I don't mean this with judgment or one is right or the other, right? Uh, as far as efficiency and traffic and all that. But sometimes I feel like I don't get my passion and my energy across through the computer screen in the same way that I do in person. And I just want to say how impressed I am that I'm going to assume the audience is feeling it the way I am. I can feel your passion and your desire beyond just business credit and actually being a resource to people to as a connector, being well-connected, having a solid network. I, I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I hope the passion always does show through. And you know what? I, I'd almost say I'm the other way around. 
I'm probably more muted in person because I'm, <laughs> you know, sitting in that coffee shop. You know, I think the one you and I went to, I go there quite a bit. And if I was this passionate and, you know, animated in there, they might be a little bit nervous every time I walk in the door. They're like, oh, gosh, here comes that Jay Galt guy again. Uh, give him a gonna, decaf. Yeah, yeah, give him the decaf. Uh, as in here, the only judgment is uh, my puppy dog and my cats that are watching me and probably going, oh, that crazy guy again. Oh, well, he's yelling at the computer. He's having fun. We'll let him go. So. <laughs> But I think that's important. Passion should come through no matter the medium. And and it it definitely um it may feel a little weird sometimes being so passionate, you know, speaking out to a camera and to people that are on a screen across from you. But after a while, it doesn't feel so weird anymore. And honestly, it feels important to me to do that because I do want to make sure that that passion is expressed because it is genuine. It's it's right from my heart. And like I said, it comes from my story. The best passion that we can ever have comes from either our story or a story of the people that we love and keep near and dear in our heart. And when we know that story and when it, you know, it kind of hits us at a point that, you know, hurts us, that's where it, it really is articulate. I, I think a long time ago, well, not that long now, I guess a couple of years back, I met a gentleman named Willpower Harris, who's an amazing, amazing guy, has a great humanitarian organization, the Willpower Legacy Group. Uh, my wife and I were lucky enough to go down to the Bahamas and he did some teaching down there, at, you know, Oceanside teaching, which is, you know, in and of itself, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, And he told me something that really impacted me. He says, you know what, Chris, use what you love to fight what you hate. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That is like so simple. And, you know, he got a little bit more detail. He's like, you know what, when you say hate, you know, what hurts you? What, like when you think about it, it, you know, sends you kind of almost into tears, you know, something that really, you know, you really hate. And then, you know, use what you love, but not just what you love, what you're good at. Because that's important. Because if you just love it and you stink at it, you can't do much good in that fight. So speaking of my uh, my children, <laughs> photo bombing as usual. So, but yeah, absolutely. So I, that really impacted me. So the things that you you just don't, you know, you you they hurt you. They they passionately hurt you. Things that drive you nuts. You should be passionate about that, and then use what you're good at. Use what you love and what you're good at, and fight those things. And I think that's a real easy route for passion. I love that. I feel like, uh, I guess I, I, this is, this brings up a question along those same lines. Cause sometimes I feel like I, I get on these things and I get super excited about stuff. I want to throw in my information and that kind of stuff. But the second half of that part, right. You're very passionate about it. You're very excited about it. What do you do next? Right. So like I've been very, over the last couple of years, very trying to find systems, trying to big build things together, you know, and when it, I'm learning, right that uh, networking is very much similar. And so you're showing up all these places, you're doing all these things, you're meeting all these people. I mean, and you're very good at it, clearly. But what happens after? I mean, that's a big question for me is, is what happens after you meet somebody, right? Like what, after the the passion and the excitement that that conversation yeah. goes, what are you doing afterwards? What's your special sauce there? Yeah, that follow-up system must be something special the, the amount of people that you're <laughs> out there meeting. Well, I certainly haven't perfected it. Uh, so I hate, I hate to break it to you that I don't have the perfect answer. But this is actually a really pertinent and time sensitive question. I mentioned I'm expanding my team and bringing some folks on. And this is one of the things that we're talking about is they're out there having these great meetings because, you know, they're passionate too. That's why they're part of my team. But, you know, the uh, in sales, the saying is the money's in the follow up, right? So if we if we don't follow up, then we're just wasting all of our time, effort, and energy. Well, I'm wasting all my passion if I'm not following other people either. So Uh, I, um, we obviously have a CRM system that I utilize that helps me in that regard. So everybody that I meet that I need to follow up with, it goes into my CRM system. I'll tell you one of my secret sauces, um, having this with me right away. Uh, My cell phone is my secret weapon. And a little tip that I think it it sounds simple and easy, but every time I share it, people are like, oh, that makes so much sense. I have Calendly, uh, which I'm fairly sure I I think if you guys have used as well, and if you're not familiar with it, it's a great tool. There's other ones out there like it. So, you know, insert your favorite calendar here. Calendly has an app. I utilize the app on Calendly and I have it on my phone. And when I'm talking to somebody and we're saying, hey, we really need to set up follow-up, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to open my calendar up. I'm going to hand them the phone. I'm going to say, here, grab a date that works for you. And I'm religious about keeping my calendar updated. That is, to me, a absolute mandatory because of, as you mentioned, I'm everywhere. Well, yeah, if I'm, if I'm not careful, I'm everywhere in two places at once. And uh, and I haven't figured that out yet. So, um, you know, that calendar on the spot saves me some of the issues with my follow-up. And I have my follow-up automated through Calendly in that way. But obviously, that doesn't happen most of the time. Not even every time. Most of the time. It just isn't a possibility. We're either, you know, we're in and out of a room on an online 
meeting so quickly or, you know, it's, you know, we get interrupted in person and it just doesn't happen because it's perfect scenarios doesn't happen most of the time. So from there, um, I absolutely input everybody in my CRM. My goal is to make sure that I'm not more than 72 business hours later and following up with them. And really that follow-up is just as simple as, hey, I really want to thank you for the conversation. I want to make sure I include something personal about our conversation. Uh, so one of the tips for me, I've got a notepad in my car and I do try to scribble down a couple of notes about everybody when I left there because I want to remember something that's going to cue in the rest of my brain. Big giant repository of information, but if you don't remember the code to get in the door, you're screwed. Uh, so those little tidbits of information about them, uh, you know, it might be, hey, Fletch was a wrestler. And boom, there we go. Next time we get together, we can talk wrestling and I'm going to remember that and it's going to cue me into that conversation. And I'll write little tidbits about that just to help me out. And that really moves me forward. So I'm going to make sure I use that to personalize my outreach. And this is one of the keys. And you talked about quality over quantity. This does limit my quantity greatly. It means that I can't reach out to all 30 people very easily because I'm writing individual personalized emails. But I have found that my results are better because I'm going to reach out to them personally. And again, I'm only really adding value and trying to meet people and really build those relationships. So that's what it's about. So quantity isn't nearly as important. I really do want the quality relationships there. And then, you know, my whole goal is just to say, hey, are you open to, you know, either again, Zoom or a cup of coffee, whatever's easier for you, because I'm, I'm ha you know, happy to make whichever one work. I would rather meet you where you need to be than, you know, fit my own needs. Uh, and that can, again, I'd rather serve you versus serve me. So let's try and get that together. Uh, and then I, you know, persistent without, you know, persistent without being uh, petulance. <laughs> you know, I'm going to follow up a couple of times with people to, to check in with them. And I'm going to space those follow-ups out. Uh, the worst thing in the world to me is, you know, to be like, hey, I, you know, had a family emergency or something come up and come back to like four missed messages from somebody, even if I was actually looking forward to connecting with them. And if I've only been gone four or five days, I'd be like, that's a little rude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me feeling that way. But, you know, I want to space my follow ups out so that I'm not, you know, pestering somebody every single day. Life happens. Stuff gets in the way for all of us. Uh, you know, we need a couple of days to process stuff uh, from time to time or we'll see that email. I'm like, hey, I know I got to get back to that. But, you know, everything else over here just blew up uh, and I've got to solve these urgent problems. Uh, you know, if I come back, I, I feel bad for missing that many. But I also, you know, there's a part of me that's a little saucy about that. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. Sours my, my feeling about that person just a little bit, even if it's an automated system. Still bothers me a little bit. I got a quick question for you before we start wrapping this up, Chris. You talked about disliking collecting a volume of cards and being a card flipper and going to all of these events. What are your thoughts on these new digital cards? Because I know you just, you've showed me your phone a few times. If I tap your phone with one of those for my contact, what, do you, what are your thoughts on these things? I, I'm a mixed bag on that. Uh, I, again, tech geek, although I, I, the gray hair belies the aging tech geek in me at this point. So um, I think they're cool. And I think it's great to have in lieu of running out of cards. But man, I I don't want to be a card collector. I don't want to be a card flipper. I don't want to just hand them out everywhere. But I think it's almost worse when you're just tapping your phone everywhere. It doesn't really do a lot of value. I really still like the old school having a nice business card. But I also know it's just as easy to lose a business card as it is to lose a digital contact that came through. It's one of the reasons why I recommend that you connect in multiple different ways with people. So you want to get their business card for one, for sure. If you can get them to schedule on your calendar while you're there, that's the best. If not, I'm going to find you. I'm going to social stock you. <laughs> I'm going to find you on LinkedIn. I'm going to find you on Alignable. You know, those are the two channels that I use for my professional networking efforts. And I'm going to find you. And I'm going to connect with you on there. Uh, I'm highly active on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, I'm working on improving. And uh, again, my buddy Eric, who runs the Portland Alliance, is going to scold me for not being more active on Alignable, but I'm working on it. I'm getting better every day. So, you know, I'm going to find you on those channels. I'm going to connect with you there. And I'm obviously going to try and shoot you an email. That way, I, I know I'm going to be well connected to you and I'm not going to lose you in the process. Awesome. Watch how well, many dollars has he earned today? with right? saying well connected today remember? well connected we didn't i love it i love it it's great <laughs> oh, no, uh, i was gonna say i got a little tally can... sheet here <laughs> uh, yeah you mentioned that you could you you kind of social stock people and are able to find other people but uh you know since there are hours kind of coming to the end now i wanted to give you a chance to to kind of mention how can people find you 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did mention LinkedIn, so we'll start there. Uh, LinkedIn is a great place to look me up because I post a lot of valuable content on there. And I think if you're not adding value on LinkedIn, you know, probably shouldn't be uh, at least trying to post on it. You know, either make me laugh or educate me, one of the two, preferably both. If you can do it at the same time, kudos to you. Uh, so if you go in the search bar, type Chris Owen, Jay Galt, you'll find me pretty easily. I know Chris Owen's not the, uh, not John Smith, but I'm pretty common for a name. So just make sure you add that Jay Galt and you'll find me there. If you want to get more education and more information, I'd really encourage you to go check out my website. There's a complimentary ebook available to you on there. Uh, and that is uh, www.jgalt.io backslash c-o-w-e-n so j-g-a-l-t dot i-o backslash c-o-w-e-n uh definitely can look me up there and uh any way you reach out to me um i'm happy to connect with you and if you like the opportunity to get a little bit deeper education on what i do if you're a business owner going hey i'm looking at ways to grow or i'm, I'm nervous about my cash flow for that next challenge that's coming feel free to reach out. I'll, I'll throw my email address out there as well. It's coen at jgalt.io. Uh, you're welcome to just email me. I'd be happy to direct you over to my calendar and set up some time to chat. Nothing I love more than educating and adding value. And, and if I can be of help beyond just that education, obviously, uh, you know, I'd love to do that as well. Yeah, we'll make sure to put that all that in the show notes for people too. Perfect. I appreciate it, my friends. Beautiful. Well, if you, uh, you know, I guess... One last little question here is if you have to pick just one, one piece of advice for someone getting started in networking, right? What's that one thing you tell them to do? Just do it. We'll borrow the Nike slogan, man. I think at the end of the day, it's so much better to just get out there and do it. And if you're a person of character and a person of value who wants to add value and help others, you may stumble, you may trip on your words. You may, a friend of mine says, you may have a mouthful of marbles, but you can do all of that. And if you are passionate and you care and you want to add value, then you're going to end up out there having a good time, even if it isn't perfect. So just get out there and just do it. And then you two will be well-connected. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before we send you home, Chris, let's say somebody's out in Oregon City and they see you at uh, one of your one of your coffee shops. They want to connect with you. What's your coffee order, bud? <laughs> so you said give him decaf. I'm actually not a coffee drinker, despite <laughs> all the cups of coffee that I have. So I'm either a smoothie or, you know, maybe an Italian soda or a nice chai uh, tea. You can hit me with one of those. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of those, but uh, I love the smell of coffee. Just don't like the taste. It's awesome. I'm weird. I'm weird. <laughs> I, I'm going to just take a second and say how much I love asking people that because we have had such a variety of answers that isn't even anything I would have expected, not even close. And I don't now, when I ask, I'm genuinely now like, what curveball are they going to throw about coffee? It's great. Uh, that's why I love going out to coffee is I see all the cool things people order when I'm out there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to order, but it, it's intriguing. And uh, I'm silently judging you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, yeah. It is kind of fun, though, you to, to check people out like that. My wife's a coffee drinker, so I have to learn all the lingo of how to order coffee every time I go through a, you know, go into a shop or go through a drive through coffee place and get something for her. So love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate you joining us today on Well Connected. And that's a wrap, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We'll have to do it again and dive deeper into some of the tactics down the road. And uh, look forward to seeing you again soon, my man. Yeah, definitely. Fletch, Ricky, thank you guys so much. It was awesome being on here with you guys. Um, sounds like you guys got a really fun podcast. So I'm excited to, to check it out as you guys get all these episodes out there and launched. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights. heights.